0: boom there it is ladies and gents we're ready to rock and roll look i know you've been sold before i know you had buyer's remorse before and if you want to learn to take back some of that control when it comes to your marketing then this episode is for you let's get this one on the road here we go shut up and sit down look a business can give you everything you want in life prestige wealth freedom it can also take everything away from you this show is for those who are willing to take that risk Yeah, all right, everyone loves to buy, but not everyone likes to be sold. We're bombarded with so many ads that nowadays we are well aware of those get-rich-quick or get-famous-quick marketing tactics. And marketers are always trying to sell us some sort of snake oil that's disguised as a cure to all of your problems. Well, that all ends with today's guest. It's time to stop getting hustled and break free from marketers' uh, ever-tightening grip On your calendar and bank account and give you some marketing industry or giving that marketing industry a swift kick in the nuts let's welcome to the show author of marketing book snake oil mr dan russell all right man welcome to the show
1: (laughs) thank you man i love that intro thank you
0: You got a smile on your face and we're ready to have some fun. That's what it's all about. All right, man. Uh, Look, nobody likes to be sold. It's one of the biggest pitches that you're throwing here. Uh, Tell me, what happened to you, dude? How did you get suckered into something that made you say, this is what I want to do. I want to fix this problem.
1: I ran an agency, a marketing agency for almost a decade. And over that period of time, I saw the good, the bad, and the ugly that had to do with selling marketing agency services, signing up for new tools, jumping on the latest bandwagon tactic and I started hearing more and more stories from clients that I was working with saying, you know, I was burned by this person or I, you know, got ripped off by this agency and I started to think like like why why is this seem to be happening more and more often and so I did did a little bit of research and started started learning more about how quickly the marketing technology scene has grown over the last 10 years and uh how little regulation there actually is in the marketing industry so i began writing about this and and along the you know same lines by that by that point by the time i started writing about it i had started to teach a lot of the stuff that we had been a lot of the methods that we had been working on inside my agency so i ran a type of, of marketing business called a CRO agency. CRO stands for conversion rate optimization, which means that if a business had more people leaking out of their funnel than they wanted, they came to me and said, hey, can you fix this? And so I had been spending years and years learning the the craft of marketing, but also getting really into the world of psychology and uh, what a, a, a sub niche of the marketing world called neuromarketing which is essentially like applying brain science to marketing and we began testing and running experiments on different creative ways to tweak people's sales process or marketing channels or messaging. And so we eventually like started building up these results. We unlocked $50 million in untapped revenue for these businesses. And I was going like client by client by client, you know, as an agency does to do this for people but by the time that I got, you know, eight years into it, I'm like feeling burnt out and, and, and exhausted and like kind of over the whole agency model. And so I started teaching it, eventually documenting all of our procedures into what I call a marketing operating system. And that ended up sort of like, you know, teach a man to fish, you know, he'll, he'll you know, eat for his lifetime or whatever, however the saying goes. Give him so their- the book kind of contains both of those dialogues.
0: Yeah, it was give a man a fish he'll eat for a day teach a man a fish he'll look he'll exactly for a lifetime yeah, thank you <laughs> you got a, a couple things here um great story by the way i mean that's that's exactly what you're, you're solving a problem you're like look this i don't want people getting screwed this is how we can fix this this is how we did it when you were talking about people you know a lot of agencies making promises and then not coming with deliverables you think that's not, you know, I feel like for the most part, people intend to do good by their clients, right? And they have a plan to go into it. And so maybe it's you didn't set the right expectations, you over-promised and under-delivered. What are some of those things that you see agencies doing uh, consistently over and over as you work with different agencies? What are some of those mistakes they're making and how do they fix it?
1: A lot of times when people start working with an agency or or even sign up for a new software platform or a masterclass or training program that touts this newfangled tactic, you know, that that you're supposed to use, a lot of times that ends up being either a distraction from their core strategy or a premature move. And what I mean by that is that I work with a lot of different businesses of, of, of different sizes. And most of the time for early stage businesses or businesses that are still like under a million dollars a year in revenue, they skip over a big important piece of that of the marketing process in order to get to the stuff that's more tangible, like Facebook ads or you know, running a, vis- uh, a video sales letter or a webinar or, you know, launching some sort of campaign. And that big piece of the of the marketing process that they skip over is figuring out what to say. Mm. What's their message? What is it that, that you're saying? And in many ways, marketing can be boiled down into what you say and what you do. What you do is the Facebook ads and the Google ads and and the blogs and the the podcasts and, you know, all of the the deliverables, right, of marketing. But what you say is what fuels everything that goes into what you do, which is why a lot of times people, you know, sit down to do their their marketing and they whip open their social media or they start recording a podcast and they sit there and think, well, what am I? What am I supposed to say? <laughs> what is this episode about? Uh, what is this email about? What is this ad going to do and 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 say? Um, because they have not gone through that process of deciding what their message is. This is something I like that that I call a big idea. If you think about any of these big brands out there, um, Nike, Patagonia, Apple, uh, Sony, uh, you know large companies that spend a lot of money, a lot of time on their marketing, you could probably boil down their brand into a single statement. Like the North Face, for example, has on almost all their commercials, if not all of them, the phrase never stop exploring, right? Hmm. And it's easy to say that their big idea is just based on the tagline, right? But it's actually the reverse. Their tagline is based on the big idea, and that big idea is never stop exploring. So every piece of content that the North Face makes is it, it it surrounds it it revolves around this core message that they spent a lot of time figuring out. And the process to figure that out is to sit down in front of a blank piece of paper and come up with a hundred different ideas of how you can describe what you're doing and and the service or product that you offer. And that's why most people, when they go to an agency or they go to a consultant or they sign up for a tool, they end up feeling like they're spinning their wheels, they're wasting their money, they're wasting their time. And that's not necessarily the agency's fault. That's not necessarily the tool's fault. It's that it's premature, right? They don't have your
0: messaging, right?
1: Actually jumped into that process and figured out what they want to say.
0: Now, you mentioned earlier that you came up with a process that unlocked $50 million. I'm assuming that process is what you're describing now? Partially.
1: The, sometimes companies will come in and they have, you know, what this is back when I was running my agency. They would come in and say, hey, we've got this brand book. We've got our messaging down. Other times they would come in and say, hey, we've got this product. Can you help us sell it? <laughs> right? So that's when you have to start from square one. Like even though you have a product, that doesn't necessarily mean you have product market fit. That doesn't necessarily mean people want to buy it, at least in the way that you're trying to describe it. So you have to back up to to square one in those cases. But the way that we had generated those results and, and unlocked that revenue was by making sure that we had that message, we had that big idea, and then started looking at all of the different conversion points in their marketing and sales process. And then that's when we where we brought in the science. We said, okay, this. This area has more people leaking out of it than it should. And this area has more people leaking out of it than it should. How can we uh, tweak the copywriting or the design or the user interface or the you know functionality of the page, if it's a page, um, so that more people make their way through? So that, that's all conversion rate optimization.
0: So when we when you talk about you know being sold snake oil, what what did you mean exactly by that? Because I feel like it's not really snake yeah. oil. They're just not maybe hundred percent down on their process. And so you know again they come down it comes down to you're your, to me it sounds like you're overpromising. You're you're stating one thing and maybe that's part of your messaging. Maybe it's you you yeah. come up with a message that really fits that generates the leads. Problem is you can't deliver on the message that you created. Yeah,
1: exactly, and and in many cases that is what's happening. The reason I use snake oil as I I came up with the title for this book before before I even wrote it. Like I knew that that was going to be the title and the metaphor that I was using because I had learned the actual story of snake oil. Like most people don't know this, but back when they were uh, building the transcontinental railroad in the U.S. in the late 1800s, they brought over 3,000 Chinese immigrants. To help build this thing, and they're swinging the hammer all day, and you know lifting heavy beans and all this like really backbreaking work, and to alleviate some of the the you know sore joints and everything uh, that they had, the Chinese had a an ointment or a liniment that they created back in China, and it was based on the the fat of a Chinese water snake, which was incredibly high. In omega three fatty acids, like higher than wild caught salmon today, and so they had this ointment. It was basically like you know, uh, uh, 18th, uh, 19th century icy hot or arnica gel, right? right. So you you, you know, you put it on, it reduces inflammation really, really effectively. So then this guy named Clark Stanley comes along, traveling salesman, and says, "How could I like? How can I monetize this? How can I sell this?" And this is like the Western U.S. in 1890. So he doesn't really have access to Chinese water snakes, but he does have access to rattlesnakes. Mm. So he starts collecting all these rattlesnakes and makes his own uh, gel. is called Clark Stanley's uh, snake oil liniment. And it doesn't work. So he, as the savvy marketer that he was, starts adding in other things that you know today <laughs> would be outlawed. Um, but back then it was just, you know, it, it was it became what's known uh, today as patent medicines, and that led to a patent medicine crisis where all these traveling salesmen and traveling quote unquote doctors were selling more of their wares than actual pharmaceutical or real medicine was was selling. And that led to the creation of the FDA. So snake oil began as this honest product that wasn't even called snake oil, by the way, um, and transformed out of hype and you know, a desire to just get money in the door into what we know today as a scam. Mm -hmm. And I saw a big parallel between what happened to snake oil and what has happened over the last decade to, you know, two decades in the marketing world where there is an honest craft of marketing. It's a, it's beautiful and it's fascinating. And there are passionate people, talented people that do great work in the marketing world, and then there's this addition. These are all these uh, additional layers of people and tools, and and even you know institutional uh, uh, you know pressures. I would say to just jump on the next thing and to stay on the cutting edge and to use this new tool. You jump on this new social media platform. If you're not everywhere, you're nowhere. Like. Uh, and and people, any entrepreneurs listening to this, any business leaders, executives listening to this, will you know understand the you know what this looks like. It's constant emails in your inbox. It's constant ads in your in your newsfeed, uh, all trying to sell you the latest and greatest breakthrough marketing tactic or marketing tool. And the truth of the matter is that if You click on those ads and you go to those webinars. Yeah, you might learn a thing or two about, you know, a tactic, but you haven't figured out the strategy. And if you haven't figured out the strategy, meaning what you're going to say and what what your message is, what the nucleus of your marketing atom really is, none of that stuff's going to
0: work. So you have, I mean, you mentioned the core strategy is oftentimes too early. And this core strategy uh, from what you're describing is, Get your messaging right. What are yeah. some things that people can do to kind of figure out what that messaging is? Is there like a, a like a script, a series of questions or things that we can actually kind of ask ourselves to figure out what that messaging is? Or is it just a bunch of like, let's test stuff and see what works? Throw sure things against the wall. Yeah. I
1: I use an exercise that I've developed uh, over the years called a Big Idea Brainstorm, which is really simple. Uh, it's, re- it's, it's basically asking a series of questions that force you to look at your product or service in a different light or from a different perspective. So an example of of that question was, if you and uh, your best client or best customer were sitting across a campfire from each other, what is the one thing that they would tell you frustrates them the most about your industry? Mm. Or if your product was a cartoon character, what would it be and why? Uh, or in, in any of these, these, you know, and I have a list of these in, 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 snake oil of like 10 or 12 different questions that you sit down, ask question, write down every answer you can think of. And it's a brainstorm. Um, it's a, it's a structured brainstorm, but it, like I said, forces you to take a different, adopt a different perspective, get out of the woods. Like, you know, as a, as the founder, as the person who's in charge of, of the product or as the marketing director or executive as the person in charge of the messaging, you can't see the forest through the trees. You got to leave the forest and figure out how to adopt these different perspectives on the problem that you're solving, on the pain points of your customers, on the real life benefits of your product, not the hyped up stuff that you come up with sitting in the audience of a keynote presentation at Traffic and Conversion Summit, but really stuff like, sit in a quiet room and think nobody else is going to be able to do that for you. No, like unless you're spending millions and millions of dollars on a Madison Avenue agency uh, who, who has the wisdom and, and experience to do it themselves, to sit in that quiet room with a blank piece of paper. The only difference is they're getting paid millions of dollars to do it from you. Right. Outside of that example, there's not a person in the world who's better suited to come up with that message than you, the founder or the executive. So as long as you can have the discipline to sit down and come up with that and do it over and over and over again and fail 75 times, that 76th idea might be the one that causes the hair on the back of your head to stand up. That's when you know that you've got something really good. That's when you know that you've got the equivalent of the North faces, never stop exploring.
0: When I'm thinking about stuff, sitting in that corner, sitting in that room by yourself, you're thinking, are you focusing your attention on a specific niche in your industry? Are you focusing on an overall industry, like a customer avatar? Like, what are some of these, like, who am I talking to directly? Is that something I got to kind of figure out before I get my overall messaging? Or do I talk to a bunch of different people?
1: You'd be talking to to the person who you want to sell to. And and putting yourself in in their shoes, or putting putting yourself in in you know the shoes of someone that influences them, uh, to figure out what it is what it is that's going to resonate with them. Because marketing is not just you know it's not just the science, right? <clears throat> I can talk all day about the science and math of marketing, but there's also the other half of it, which is the art, and the the emotion right you you've i'm sure seen plenty of ads that have caused you to you know laugh or cry or be like wow that was mind-blowing that's really really hard you know you think about like uh a good movie right spend two hours sitting in front of in front of the screen and the first hour and 45 minutes of the movie is just build up to this one climactic moment, which if the, 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 the screenwriter did their job and the actors did their job and the producers did their job right, causes you to have this emotion, like, you know, response, right? And maybe you'll cry, maybe. But-
0: Oh man, you I've got me thinking in- of Tony Stark, like I am Iron Man, boom, exactly. right? Like, that's exactly right? what I'm it thinking about. It all leads up to that. Super Bowl ads
1: can do it in 30 seconds. Mm. Why? Because they have taken a lot of time to think about what the idea is behind that ad, what the message is. And then they just they once they identify that it could take days or weeks or even months to come up with that one idea, that one message. And then they just they they record the commercial or they write the ad or whatever whatever it ends up being. Like that message is as I mentioned before like I use the metaphor of an atom. The message, that big idea is a, is the nucleus of the atom. The electrons spinning around the atom are all of your blog posts and your podcasts and your your ads and your billboards and whatever other form that it can take. Everything surrounds that idea. Once you have that, like the world is your oyster it doesn't almost doesn't even matter what channel you choose to share that message. And as long as it's getting in front of the right people, your customers, then it's going to, it's going to land, it's going to create that it's going to create that evocative emotional response. And that's really, that's the art piece. And then once you get their attention through that, you can convert it using all the science
0: and math and stuff. Disney does a really good job of that. I mean, they, I- I always found it funny how they they make you feel something right and they 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 take those feelings into almost everything they they have a movie on like what would happen if toys had feelings what would happen if cars had feelings they even went as far as to say what would happen if feelings had feelings right because (laughs) our emotions are literally the thing that we're trying to talk about here so when you're you know when you were talking about your core strategies you know having that big idea it's that message that makes you feel something when you said it gives you the goosebumps like that's when you feel a connection and when we feel we engage when we feel we we connect with other people and and with brands i mean at the end of the day i I always love how people pay so much for like these new pair of nikes right and i'm like but they came from the same factory that you're buying the 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 other stuff from it just has a label on it a, a nice little logo That says just do it. And you trust and you love that brand. And because of that, you're willing to pay that marked up price for it. So that messaging is so, so important. Once you've written your book, what kind of like response have you gotten from people as they read it, as they work through it, as they realize their problem is not really their sales skills, it's their messaging?
1: Uh it's it's the the overall response that I've been getting is. For forgive me, but like, holy shit. <laughs> like the, oh, this is what I've been missing. Very simple, like in, in concept, but you really have to sort of go through the mental steps of understanding how, ev- how it fits together. I got a picture um, on Facebook from one of my wife's friends who had bought the book and she posted a picture of like all these little colored tabs coming out of the side of it. And I was so happy to see that because I wrote this book so that if you go cover to cover and and you actually read this thing, you will inevitably emerge a better marketer. That's why I did this. That's why, that's why I created it. Like I've got all sorts of marketing books on this wall behind me.
0: And a two and, comma club looks like award.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I've got Russell Brunson stuff up here. I've got Eugene Schwartz, breakthrough advertising. I've got all, all sorts of stuff that has you know layered on top of, you know my pat my experience to to help me, you know do what I do over the years. Um, but it's rare to find a manual that isn't trying to convince you of using one type of tactic and really takes takes a moment and says, all right, here's how it, here's how it all works. <laughs> it, like behind the scenes at the agency down the street or in, you know, the offices of, you know, big time consultancies, here's what they're doing. And if you choose to work with one great, here's how to hire one. Here's how to do your due diligence. If you don't, you can do it yourself. It is possible. Like everybody can be a marketer. It's like ratatouille. You're like anybody can cook. Like if that, it is very much the same idea. You, it, this isn't rocket science. It's just a. It's just that we have been conditioned as entrepreneurs and business leaders to rush through the process. Mm. And what I'm trying to just say is, just pump the brakes
0: Slow a little bit down. Yeah. Slow it down. It a lot it easier. Down. But you know, some everything has unforeseen uh, consequences of what you do, right? And so, for me, I'm thinking, well, if you clarify the message, not only does it help with your marketing, but now you can stand up and talk about your topic with a passion. You know exactly what you're saying, and you can kind of tiptoe around other things. Your blogs, all of a sudden, they're really focused. You're your sales letters, all of a sudden, they have your call to action makes sense. People actually want to move forward. You can yeah. start a podcast. Like there's so many things that you can do that enhance your marketing if you have clarity in what you're saying. Same thing with almost any business or goal. You have a vision of where you wanna go and if you can clearly see that vision, getting there is not gonna be a problem, it's just a matter of time. Like exactly right. it's, I think we as humans complicate things like way too much uh, simply because I, I think we're afraid of that success barrier. Like we, we're not afraid of the money, right? We're not afraid right. of the fancy stuff. But we're afraid somebody might say, "Oh, yeah, you know what? Yes, I do want to work with you. How does how does that happen?" Right. So, speaking of which, Dan, uh, you know, who is your ideal customer? Who do you want to uh, reach out to, you talk to you, uh, and how do they get a hold of you?
1: Really, the people that I'm talking to these days are entrepreneurs, and and the the people who are either getting into this for the first, getting into this marketing world for the first time, or maybe they've gone through a couple of companies, like they started one, sold it, or. Uh, you know, they're, they're well-established and they understand the chaos and the bafflement that really comes with the, the marketing world. Those are the people that I like talking to because they're the ones in the front lines trying to innovate, trying to build new valuable, creative products and services. Like I I work with startups every day at at a tech incubator and they're all in that world. Like, how how can I get an edge? How can I speed things up? How can I go faster, faster, faster? And having a voice that in in that case, it's me, but in many cases, you know, people don't have that voice that says, hold on, let's just, let's think about what you're doing, why you're doing, who you're doing it for, what you want to actually say. And then they do that work. Everything from that point forward is easier. Like you said, you know, it, it's easier to get up in front of a crowd of people and tell 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 them what you do with the confidence that what you're going to say is going to land.
0: Because mm. that's a big difference, right? You can get up and talk to people, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to agree with you, follow you, or even better, take out their credit card and actually work with you. That's a that's a big difference. Yeah, you know, that startup entrepreneur, by the way. Uh, they're probably walking up to you bruised and battered. They got a couple black eyes. that got punched in the ribs a couple times, right? They've they've already experienced a lot of this stuff because they're a trying to do everything themselves. Uh, and then they they start to outsource. They think, okay, you know, I I keep getting told that if there's something I'm not good at, I don't want to do it. I should outsource it. Then they get stuck with these agencies that are trying to ask them literally the same questions you're talking about here. But they're still not taking the time to do that, right? And right. so. At the end of the day, you need some quiet peace, just tranquility. Maybe open a book called Snake Oil and really sit down and hash out your message. If people want to get a hold of your book, how do they do that?
1: Snakeoilbook.com, best place to get it. I'm uh, also on social media, hey Dan Russell, and I'm happy to answer questions that you guys have. I love talking about this stuff love the the art and craft and science of marketing so it's all in that book i put my heart and soul into that thing um so if you if you are in that position and you think you know i just need to get a breath of fresh air <laughs> that's the that's the place to go snicklowbook.com That's it,
0: ladies and gents. Check it out. I mean, it's like anything else. You have a ton of books sitting behind you, Dan. I've got a ton of books that I've got right there above me, plus all the buttons that you don't see because they're in audible form, right? So you learn a bunch of stuff, but when do you take time to apply what you learn? This is one of those things. Like You literally have to step back. I'm sitting here thinking, man... The way I got my messaging, it sucks. I need to really revamp that. So take some time. Do do what I'm going to do. Take some time. Sit back. Think about your messaging. Find your slogan. Find your message. Find that thing that really ignites you. And how can you clearly say that to your audience? That's really what it comes down to. Dan, thank you very and much then. for coming on the show. I got one more question for you, my friend. Uh, you've been on a number of different podcasts. Shout out to Todd Armstrong who hooked us up today. Oh yeah. Uh, right. And uh, what was your experience like on the business bros?
1: It's been great, man. I love the energy. This is a like, love your backdrop by the way. I think your studio is amazing. Um, thanks for keeping the energy going, man. I think that this is like been, I, I had a podcast interview earlier today. Like my energy is like up here. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, like excited to answer all the questions that you got, man. It's It's been a pleasure. And it's great to chat with somebody who's familiar with the world and like you're in it in as much as I am. And, and it's a pleasure to speak with a fellow
0: entrepreneur. Thank you very much. Marketing, it's just something we got to do in business. How do you get in front of people and tell them what it is that you do in a way that gives them the goosebumps? That's really what it comes down to. Exactly. That- Thank you very much for coming on the program, ladies and gents. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started.